Hello, and welcome into the Facts Not Feelings podcast, powered by BZ Consultants Group, with your host, Brooke Furness. Each week, I sit down with experts in the respected fields as we discuss how we can move this wonderful automotive industry forward by differentiating facts from feelings. Our conversation explore how my guests got to where they are today and how they achieve success. All right, let's jump in. Ever wonder about the human touch in business? This week's episode of Facts Not Feelings, Damian Boudreaux, the founder of Auto Training Academy, shares how empathy and service can transform your business. In a world of striven by sales, one man chooses to serve. Today, he's here to share his success and secrets. Welcome to Facts Not Feelings podcast, where feelings take a backseat to hard, deniable facts. I'm your host, Brooke Furness, and today we have a special guest with Damien, founder of Auto Trainer Academy. Today, we tackle some poignant questions, challenge, conversate, conventional business wisdom with Damien. I want to welcome you to the show. I'm so, so excited to have you in. I have been waiting for way too long to have you come on the show. This has been like way, way too long in the making. So, Damien, you offer your to business, you often refer to businesses as a gold mine. I've read this so many times on your, on your website, and I love that you say this. So can you delve deeper into the metaphor and explain how it applies to businesses, regardless of the industry? So specifically the auto industry, right? Yeah. And yes. Other industries. Where yeah, well, we well, we're, about, we're, in. we're talking about auto. So let, yeah, we'll stick with the auto there. Good, good idea there. <laughs> There are too many stories. There are too many times when the young person got in to sweep the floor or wash the cars or be a parts picker or be, a you know, go to work changing oil. And we come in our industry and years later, we've, we're met with massive success. You know, if I look at some families, the Gilman family in Houston, in Texas, Their grandfather started off in the car business picking parts. There are so many people who started off as a porter or started off as a receptionist. There's a story of the lady, a friend of mine at Beeman Automotive Group. She started off as accounts receivable, and she became the COO of the company. And these are stories that can be your stories. You just have to get good at being who you are. And then love and care for other people and take care of the business, regardless of the position in the dealership. There is a career path. There is a way for you to be happy and healthy and successful. And you've got to find that way because it is there. It is truly a magnificent place to start your career and your life. And if you just apply yourself and work hard and are willing to learn and make mistakes, it's yours. I absolutely love that. And I love that you touched on that, that it doesn't really matter where, from where you came, whether you have a college degree or you don't have a college degree, it does not matter. Well, I mean, I know so many owners that started as the porter and are now the owner of the store. I absolutely love that. So you built a highly successful venture with Auto Trainer Academy. Can you share one instance where serving the community, and you always say serve your community and it will serve you, rather than focusing solely on selling, brought unexpected benefits? Yeah, so Auto Training Academy is the company I created that was designed to say, hey, 
anybody could do this in our industry. How do you do it? How do you make a difference in your world and in the world of the business you do? And so the, the, the key is just being yourself. So I was in the car business for three and a half years and I sucked. It wasn't easy. I did not like selling cars. I got into change oil. I, I like changing oil. The, the challenge is, is, is that you get into doing something and when you, you want to be successful at something, but you're asked to be something you're not. You're asked to do things that don't align with who you are. And for three and a half years, I struggled at this business. It wasn't until I quit and said, I'm never going to wait on another person who doesn't know me, like me, or trust me. If you can't give me a hug because you don't know my family or my friends or me, then I'm not waiting on you. And in that moment, I went from never being able to break 20 cars in a month to selling 63. My best month is 102. And it's all based on relationships because the business of our business, really, the car business, is people. And truly, the key to massive success is to not just build a relationship and say hello and get rapport and mirror match and that bullshit, because everybody <laughs> can do that. The yes. key is to maintain those relationships for life. Everywhere you are, throughout your community, at your children's school, with your friends you grew up with, that's where the gold mine lives in your community, not in your dealership. It's, it's, so it's an incredible place to be, to be in our industry and to do it in a way that works for people who know you, that works for you and allows you to build a career that really can't be taken from you because you can work anywhere. I love it. I And I'm really hoping that everyone just paid attention to what you said. There was so much that you just said there of whether that's, hey, I didn't know the person. I'm going to work with people I know. And here, just go talk to a stranger. And that stranger can be some come someone you know, but are you really taking the time to make that person not just what I'll call a connection, but an actual relationship that you're going to then not only work with that person, but their children's, their children's children, and then their children, and the generation upon generation. And it's not just a number two that you're actually working to say that that, that working that community, that entire community. Hey, I know that Brooke loves shoes. So why is Brooke not working with the local shoe store and working with, you know, all the finding what works with you and staying true to you. And if that's what you like, Hey, go work with that, that local shop and that local shop and working with that community and that local little league store, little league team or whatever it may be, because as, as auto, our industry, we do so much for the community. And with that, how are you in, how are you ingrained with the community? So I love that you brought that up. And because of how we are, we are our own little entrepreneurs as salespeople, as whatever, whatever our title is. So how do you strike, strike that balance between authenticity and the necessity to make a profit? And could you provide some examples from your own journey as you've done from being in the car? You know, obviously you were a salesperson and, and having your own successful company. Yeah. So first of all, I, I want to talk about authenticity, right? Awesome. You, you have salespeople who get in this business 
and they get in the business and the first 90 days, they sell everybody. First 60 days. And then after that, they don't sell anybody, right? It's like, why not? And our industry, and I'm 40 years in the business, our industry has always said, well, why don't they sell anymore? Well, they got their dealer license. They learned how to read a bureau. Right. They they figured it out. They're smarter than everybody else. They don't listen to the managers anymore. And that's the reason they don't sell any cars or they struggle after 60 or 90 days. But they don't ask the right questions. The question that needs to be asked is, so why in the first 60 days was the new person so successful? They knew nothing. Yep. They they, they, everything about the car business, they knew zero. You could put it in a, in a shot glass. So what did the new person know? They knew how to be themselves. Yep. And before that, they had an aspiration. They saw themselves being good at something. They wanted, they had a desire for, they had an aspiration that, oh my God, if I can get good at this, you can make $100,000 a year. Oh, my God. And all I have to do is help people. And I'll just be me. I'll just be me. I'll show up every day. I'm so excited. I get to have all of this. And all I have to do is be me. And then we tell them what to do. And we tell them how to do it. And the doing no longer aligns with their being. So we're telling them to be something they're not and do something they don't know how to do, and we lose them. Because Amen. we're not authentic. We're not real. When the kid came to work, they were real. They were aspirational. They had a vision of what they wanted in life. They knew why they were working and where they were going, and they just had to show up and be themselves until they found out being themselves was not going to work in the car business. So they decided, I have to change who I am and do these word tracks and sound like a car salesman and say things that I would never do and do things I would never say. Therefore, it's just not for me. Yeah. I, I literally was just I, like, as you're talking, I'll go, I'm thinking, okay, we're, uh, yeah, read the word script. Um, oh, the CRM told me I got to do this. So I got to do this. But wait, I just did this. So why am I doing this? Because I told you to do it, but I right. wouldn't do this normally. But you got to do it anyways. Oh, well, the OEM told me I had to do this. All oh, this told me I had to do this. This system told me I had to do this. But that's not how a normal person interacts. I don't care. Do it anyways. Then you've literally just taken that human element out of it. You talk, taken the, the authenticity out of it. So it's you're 100% on, which then leads me to the next question of what does that human touch in business look like? And how, does, how do you continue to cultivate that? Because you're talking about the authenticity. You're talking about that human element. And how do you continue to cultivate that? Well, by continuing to reinforce that who they are is perfect, that who they are is exactly who they need to be. And yeah, Boudreaux sucks at organization. He is, his time management is non-existent. Thank God you can't read his handwriting. And if you're wondering where he left the keys, don't ask him. Because he don't remember where he left the keys. Get him an assistant, please. And next thing you know, the keys are gone. I think I had them. I remember having them. I think I left them on the desk. I can't remember. And then you find out he left them in the parts department, for God's sake. And then, all because 
We're asking these people who are human relations specialists to be detailed, logical specialists. And, and pick one. You want me to be detailed? Then put my ass in the office. Put my ass in management. You want me to be good with people and shake people's hands who don't want to like me, trust me, or believe in me, and 30 minutes later I'm going to get enough information to commit identity theft? You want me talking to people, not yes. keeping track of shit. It's so and, true. And our industry needs to let people be in their lane. I, as a manager, manage chaos. It is not an easy job. <laughs> But the greatest managers are so even keeled. They don't react. They don't respond. They just write in there. But they they let me be me and they help me avoid the things I suck at so that I can do the things I'm great at. That's where great leadership comes from. And that is the benefit of, of letting people be themselves, right? And that's all I do. When I'm working with these high achievers, it's a constant evolution of a new mindset. It's not just their, their mindset is perfect. The mindset at 30 is different than the mindset at 50 is different oh. than the mindset at 70, right? The, yes. the process at 20 is different than the process at 30. Is Everything evolves to a next level and you have to take a step back and ask questions. And how else might I do it? And what else might I say? And that is why... Building compliant soldiers as a sales force is not effective at creating critical thinkers that own their own business and don't have to be led to the trough. They're going to the trough. I love that. I, I, I honestly don't remember when I heard this. The, and I remember when I first heard it, it struck me and I was like, yeah. And I, I, was, I was resistant to it. Now removed from the situation given some time, a little bit of maturity, a little bit, just a little bit of maturity, but a little bit of maturity since then. And I heard a speaker say to their, they had a very, very successful salesperson that he didn't enter anything in the CRM and that it was up to somebody else. And I was just like, what? That is so stupid. Like, why, why doesn't he not have to enter anything in the CRM? Like, you're just letting someone else, like, and I don't know who it was, but this person had an assistant where that person's job was to enter everything in the CRM. Now, removed from the situation, I go, I get it now. To, to your point, that person's job was the relationship. Like, he, that person did not have time to sit and enter every single thing into the CRM. Way too busy. I think the person was selling, I think, like 60 cards a month or something like that. And he just goes, I, I don't have time to put anything in the CRM to follow up. Like, if I'm going to personalize something, yeah, I'll personalize the email or the text or the phone call. But putting stuff in the CRM? I don't have time for that. And it's not, honestly, it's not my responsibility. And I was at the time so turned off by that. I was like, you pompous son of a bitch. Like what, what are you, how are you too good to put stuff in the CRM? But once again, enough time goes by that you understand that, Hey, there's, you're selling 70 cars, 60 cars. You, you honestly, you don't have time. You, you don't have time. And once you're in the dealership and you understand what actually goes on, it's like, ah, I get it now. Like to yeah. your point, the, they don't have time. They, they they don't have time when you're selling that many cards. If you're if it's 20 cards, it's a little different, but 70 cars, like that's a lot of freaking cars. Yeah. So I, I go with like we're talking about all of this, and that brings me to like, what is the biggest obstacle that prevents businesses from realizing that they're sitting on a gold mine? And especially in our industry, and how do they overcome it? Yeah. 
people. Mm. It's all about yeah. the people. Yeah. You know, you know, people have to come together. They have to want to be there. Yeah, you can drive them, but to build a successful family dealership, you have to have a core set of values. Everybody should have an idea because the values are lived daily, right? And and by having this value-based mentality in a family organization, it keeps the family together. It also sets the foundation for, and why are we here? And once you know the why, the seeing of it, now you know how to show up every day. Well, this does, this is who we are. It's just that's why we do the things we do the way we do them. Is that so? There's guardrails. There's structure. There's there's walls, and you you live within those walls. People need walls. They need structure, right? But they need structure for the reasons that align with themselves and their the the core of their soul, right? If you're working at a dealership that does not care about human beings and their disposable dollar bills, and you care about human beings, you're going to eventually have a challenge in that organization, right? But if you can mm-hmm. care less, if you're just there for to, to make some quick money in the next you know six months to a year, and they're you know tearing up customers and can care less, that's the kind of store you want to work at. But it's not a store that somebody with you know certain values could live in for a long time. You have to find a dealer that fits your values and then grow in that organization. But that first means you got to grow you. You got to be curious about learning. You got to invest in yourself to learn more. I mean, when we were starting off, we didn't have all the self-help world. You know, <laughs> Tony, Tony was, Robin was just coming out. I mean, we had Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar and Charlie Tremendous Jones and we had Les, Les Brown, and we would go to the library, and we'd say, hey, you got the Jim Rohn. No, no, we, we got to have people do that. We didn't buy those things. We went to the library, and, and they said, well, when enough people request it, we'll get it. So we'll get six of our friends to go to the library and say, hey, y'all got Jim Rohn? You got Jim Rohn? We need Jim Rohn. Four days later, somebody else is uh, looking for somebody called Jim Rohn. Y'all got Jim Rohn? No, we should maybe order Jim Rohn. The next thing you know, they got the VHS tape of Jim Rohn. Man, we were all excited. We'd all get together, all six of us, and watch that shit together. You know? But but we were into learning, right? We were in, we were curious about how do we get better? You know, you take the Dale Carnegie class. You know, before I got in the car business, I worked at a grocery store. I took the I took the Dale Carnegie class. The class before me, six months before me. That was the class that Grant Cardone went to. Huh. I mean, we we learned. We yeah. were never afraid to study and figure it out. And 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 you got to learn. New people, you you oh, got God. YouTube. You got <laughs> you can Google people and you can start learning from them and get information. And you don't take everything to heart that they say. You say that'll work for me. I'll give that a try. Ooh, I'll try that. That shit don't work. Okay. So you're just trying to figure out how to learn more every day. If you just learn a little bit every day, you'll be far surpassing the people who are waking up and looking at this digital distractor and going on the Facebook feeds. This thing can be a television set for personal growth, 
or it can be a detriment to digital distraction and app amnesia. And 45 minutes later, you're wondering, holy shit. What the hell did I just look at? (laughs) And how did I end up naked? (laughs) What the hell did I just do? (laughs) It is so crazy. Like, I literally was having a conversation with someone and no, girl, we had actual encyclopedias. But if you yeah. bought it one year, it heaven forbid you had a, a report you had to do, it was outdated. And so you're like, well, I don't know if it's, do-. we didn't have internet. And people don't understand, like, this is it, what the, the age that we're living in right now with AI, with, like, it is just nuts how quickly things are coming. And what we have literally at our fingertips is insane. If you're not spending Sometime, I preferably, if you have an hour, 15 minutes, whatever it is, spend time and be learning some type of skill. I don't care what it is. No. Learn something. There is, it is, it is just crazy what is out there right now. I literally, today, I had a, a brief like 20 minutes before doing another recording today. And their AI has built an entire, looks like an actual movie. It's all in like, I don't know if it's 8K, it could be, I don't know, 16K, whatever it is now. And it looks like an actual movie, tra- movie trail. And it's all, it was built in seven hours by all AI. And so with it's just insane. Everything that is coming at us right now, if you're not spending time to learn a skill, whatever that may be, I don't care what it is, just learn a skill and constantly be honing that skill. It, it is just nuts. What, you know, yeah. So spend it with good use. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. So as a dealership in our, in our auto world, we often focus I know a lot on making sales and, you know, making that, you know, meeting that sales goal. So how can we shift our mindset from selling vehicles and moving metal to serving our community while still enduring and ensuring profitability? Yeah. Look, selling cars isn't about selling cars. It's about talking to people. The more people you talk to, the more people you'll sell, right? If you talk to a hundred people, you're going to close 20% of them you're going to sell 20 cars. If you talk to 60 people, you're going to sell 10 cars. I mean, it, it, if you're in the transactional business model where you're waiting on people who don't know you, like you, and trust you, that are driven by the dealership, your job is to treat that gift from the dealer like royalty. Your job is to take care of them, to listen, to understand, to figure out what is the best opportunity to solve the problems or the possibilities of their world, and then take care of them. Your closing ratio is going to be about 20%. You're going to make about $67 every time you say hello, not when you sell a car. You do not get paid to sell cars. You get paid to say hello. The more people you talk to, the more people you sell. In the relationship side, you sell eight out of 10 people. So you talk to 60 people, you sell 50 cars. Much different deal, right? But if you talk to only 20 people, you're only going to sell 18. So you should be talking to more people. The more people you talk to, the more people you sell. Quit selling cars. Stop it. Just engage with fellow earthlings who have a a transportation desire, and your job is to figure out why do they have that transportation desire. They don't come in there to, they don't want a car. They don't want a car. They want what the car does. You don't want money. You want what the money does. What does the car do for them? That's what you got to find out. Yes, they want a car. 
But why? Why? What does it do for them? What do they solve with it? What is the thing they accomplish with it? Now you find that out and you're not selling 2,000 pounds of metal and steel. You're a problem solver. You're a solution helper, right? Simply because you went one level up from select a vehicle that fits the needs to select a vehicle that fits the desires. And that is the way to sell more cars by not selling more cars, but to talk to more people and go deeper. That might be the quote of the entire episode right there. (laughs) That is so deep right there. And so much just got thrown down right there. Uh, One, just go talk. You're not selling cars. There's so much right there that so often it, it is the exact opposite of how we go about doing things. And from a manager, you're always you're always thinking, or you should be thinking, is what does my what what is my employees why? What does that money represent? And to flip it around is what is the customer's why? And that's 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 the one of the biggest takeaways for me right there is what is the customer's why? What does that car represent? Because they may we all know that the chance of them actually staying on XYZ vehicle or XYZ model, it flips quite a bit statistically. But if you actually take the time to understand the why of what the car represents, you're going to get to that a hell of a lot quicker because now you know what it represents. Hey, if you hear through the conversation that the wife is pregnant and they're looking at a coupe, yeah, probably not the best car for them. So understand what it represents. I absolutely love and I believe to my knowledge, you're the first person I've heard say, figure out the customer's why and what it represents. So please, everyone, understand that that is pure gold that you just threw down. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, so new people, look, new people, they they don't know how to sell a car. They know how to talk to people. All they're doing is talking to people. They're not selling shit. They don't know the 50 closes. They don't know the word (laughs) tracks. They don't know what even to sell. (laughs) They don't know none of that. They know how to talk to people. All of a sudden, we make talking to people painful. Yeah. And, 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 and the way you talk to the person was wrong. And now they're, they're, they're walking on eggshells to do what they do best. Be themselves. Talk to people. Yep. It's so true. And you, you have a quote that says, the business of our business is people. And that stands out to me so much because it, 100%, that's exactly what we're in the people business. Can you elaborate a little bit on this and the role of people in our business ecosystem and why they are so central to our success? I know we've talked about it. I just want you to elaborate a little bit more on that. Yeah, try If If you're not taking, if you're not in the people business, then we don't need you. You know, <laughs> Walmart, Walmart, Walmart just puts it on a shelf. Why don't you just get rid of all the salesmen? It's been tried. Just get rid of them all. Why don't you sell? Because there's not the people connection. That's the magic. The magic is people. Try to be in your family unit and not be connected to your people. Your family unit will fall apart. Dealerships that are in the dealership business and not connected to people, have no relationships with people. They're not going to survive over time by unless they're in a major city, right? But small country town dealerships, oh my Lord. They're all about the people. They're not a lot, a lot of turnover. There's people who've been to this Ford store that I live in, Jennings, Louisiana, it's at Ostalette. They, 
they literally the, the guy in the parts department has been there for 54 years. Wow. That's There's amazing. There's a salesman there, T. Green. T has been at the dealership for 40 years, but his daddy was there before that, before Jeez. him for 35 years, and I sold against his daddy. Oh my God. That's Papa. amazing. Papa Jeez. Green. All oh. these people were part of this family called the Ostolets. The Ostolets are known all over the state because they take care of people. But that's how you have to be in a country town. Yeah, you can go to Houston and run through people all the time, right? You still got to market to people. You still got to figure out what people want. Mm -hmm. And then you still got to have people to talk to people who can help people and make people like them long enough to go to (laughs) F&I. Yes. (laughs) Very true. That's... It's so rare to find that when you see someone that's been in, not only they've been a lo- around long enough, but then their family members per- that preceded them. That is, that's a rarity in this industry. Wow. That's, that's a very impressive. So yeah, look, I can get your Honda Accord anywhere. Your Honda, your Honda Accord ain't shit. What separates your Honda Accord from the Honda Accord across the, at the other, in the other town is the person who's representing you and that Honda Accord. So you want to know the value of people? It's more important than the Honda Accord. It is. It's kind of have the representation of the Honda Accord. And I love that. That's I, I, man, I, I scream up the rooftops all the time. Like I can buy a car anywhere. It's, it's the people, it's what you represent. It's when the stats on people are going to go to your Facebook page, they're going to see on social what you're doing. They're going to see all these things that that is your community and what your community, what you're doing for your community. And if it's not there, they're going to go somewhere else. How are you treated? It goes back to the whole people situation. And if it's not there, I can I can get a car anywhere. Like yeah, yeah I I, I 100% agree with that. So with any business, you know, any business, obviously we're talking about automotive. You're going to run into issues and challenges. And when it comes to being authentic, and right before we turned on the camera here, we were talking about being authentic and staying true to ourselves. And so sometimes that people run into issues and, you know, hiccups come with trying to be authentic to yourselves. And especially when maybe they're under their gun or pressure or maybe it's a challenging time or they're trying to make a quota or the, you know, they've got their boss coming down or the OEM or whatever. So how do you suggest that they handle these pressures and challenges of trying to stay authentic to themselves. You keep it simple. Keep it simple. Okay. You keep it simple. Just I like it. Three, three simple questions. First of all, you have to be who you are at your best. You have to know the mirror of your soul, right? Am I kind? Am I thoughtful? Am I caring? Am I loving? Is that the picture that I bring? Is that the mirror that they should see? Right. Then there's three questions. The first question is how do I get this relationship, this transaction, this encounter, this obstacle, this confrontation to work for my customer? How do they, how do they win, right? Now, I'm, I'm looking from a win-win scenario, right? There are people who look at things from a win-lose scenario. That's not who I'm talking to right now, right? So how do I get the customer to win? How do I make this work for the customer, right? It's their, it's their gold, right? How do I get it to work for me, the employee? How do I talk in a way that sounds like me? How do I say things that in a way that I'm authentic, kind, thoughtful, caring? How do I get this to work for me? And the third one is how do I be 100% honest in this communication? I've got to tell the truth. 
There's no such thing as an inconsequential lie. A hundred percent honesty is the only truth. I do not have to omit or hide or steal. If I start having to do my life from a perspective of I'm going to hide this from you or be dishonest, then it's not worth the journey, right? Because eventually I'm going to be discovered. And I don't want my customer to discover that I lied to them. So the premise is work for me, work for my customer, work for me. And then how do I get it to be honest, right? And, and that work for me means also work for the dealership, right? Work for the customer, work for me and the dealership. Right? So it has to fit the integrity and the culture and the values of both you and your dealership. And I'm assuming those are aligned, right, in the conversation. I would hope so. <laughs> I would definitely hope so on that one. Yeah, a lot of times they're not. Yeah, yeah, it's surprising. I, I, I will just say it's surprising how often it is. It isn't, but I'm also surprised in a good way how often it is. So it's right. both ways. It's both ways. So I know that you're definitely an advocate for a significant shift in thinking to achieve success, which I absolutely love. Can you discuss some specific strategies that are in our awesome industry can adopt to facilitate this shift? Yeah, let's just take one. Okay, great. We'll take let's it. take. Let's take the fact that when you came in the business, you started off in the business doing what? I let's see. I came in the business and I was doing consulting for a CRM company, digital marketing. And and there are people who come to work in dealerships all the time to come to work doing something. Yes, mm-hmm. for me it was oil, right? For some people, it's washing cars. For some people, it's it's parts picker. For some people, it's it's a, it's a it's a it's a salesperson, a used car salesperson, right? Where's their career path? Why aren't we developing people and looking at things more not from a thirty day career perspective, but from a look? If I hire your ass, I I got you. Yes, I'm hiring you to wash cars. But truthfully, I don't want you washing cars for long. I want to teach you how to wash cars. I want you to be an expert at washing cars. And at some point, I'm going to drag you out of that that wash bay, and I'm going to say, this is called Express Lube. Express Lube is someplace I'm going to need you in the next 30 days. Now, get your ass back in there to wash the cars, and I'm going to start teaching you about Express Lube. In the next 30 days, you're going to walk in there, and you're going to make some mistakes. But truthfully, I don't want you in the express loop. I, I really need a used car tech. But if you do this right, you, you learn. I, I might start looking at you. To, but, but really, I need you as a master tech. At some point, I'm going to need a service director. right? And the crazy thing about our industry, that story happens all the time. All the time with no attempt to make it work. None. What if? What if family dealer groups got together and said, you know what, our our family dealer group said, hey, you know what, I think I want to start developing people and create a method for career path. So 25 years ago, I made a statement. What if, what if we just started teaching this relationship selling where if where at some point you just never wait on another dealer-driven opportunity. You only waited on people. You know, what if I started teaching that, right? And now everybody talks about relationship sales. They got all kinds of trainers teaching that shit, right? They don't teach it with the shit, but they teach it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at least they're talking about it, right? Well, 
As a visionary, my job is to see the new vision. The new vision is that 15 years from now, our industry can be a model for developing career path. So when the parts picker comes to work, we're teaching them how to be a parts picker and we're developing them to be back counterparts. And we're developing them to be front counter. We're developing them to be assistant parts direct manager. And we're and it's a constant growth. And we're constantly rewarding people and putting people in the human nature source of going, hey, I might want to be more. And if you're a dealership that says, hey, you know what? I think people have a natural desire to be more given the opportunity to do it safely. And we can do that. And so that's vision. Oh, it's so true, man. I love it. It's, I don't know if you know Patrick Abad. And, I do. Oh, so if you, have you, I don't know if you've been in a store. I've not been in a store, but I've seen the photos of it. But they full He's up, a beautiful human, yeah. He's, he's phenomenal. He, they actually have, all right, you start here in the service lane. Here's are you or as a porter. Here's what you have to do to get to X, Y, Z. Yeah. So wherever you are, it doesn't matter where you are, but this, and so as you brought that up, it's like, this is, this sounds so, and it is simple, but why are we not doing this more? I mean, this literally just maps out everything because you hear. Because you got to sell a car today. <laughs> but no. Get but, another up. Get another up. <laughs> take another up. It's like, this is so simple. It's so simple. Sharp reactionary mode thinking will not get you to long-term vision. You have to step back and look at your dealership, not from a, how am I going to do the next two years, but how am I going to do 10 years from now? And if you're, your greatest investment as a dealer will be the people you invest in today who are with you 10 years from now. Yes. How are you developing those people? Amen. And that is the next horizon, the next frontier that our industry can start to look at, but it's only a few that'll do it, right? I mean, there's not a lot of dealers that are willing to be able, it's, 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 it's not for the normal, right? It's for the no. exceptional. No, I remember I was, Brian Kramer, we were talking with Brian Kramer and I can't, I'm trying to think of remember who we were talking to, but we're just saying more or less, if, if we, if, if Brian Kramer were to give his blueprint to everybody about how he had taken, you know, not his digital retailing and everything that we did and made Jermaine as amazing as Jermaine was when he, you know, blah, 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 and how he had done the metaverse and everything, even if he had given that to every single dealer in the United States, not everyone would take it because oh. they're not, they're not going to do it. It's, it's, oh, that means I got to work. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I don't believe in this. So it's like you can still give, you can literally give the blueprint to everybody on how to do everything. Yeah. Those that want to will, man, a hundred, if I'm a dealer, I own a store, man, I'm taking that and I'm going to run with it. And other ones are like, nah, no, that's too much change. I'm not going to do it. Exactly so it's just, right. as, as we talk about this, you know, whether, whether it's the, the change and the, 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 the mindset change, whether that's the, all these different things, it's like, are you, are you going to put yourself in that position and change your perspective and and take your employees and say, now focus on the not only focus on the employee or on the on the customer, but focus on their why and understand what's important to them and dive into that. Are you going to take and say, hey, let's figure out what the the pathway is for your career path and not and actually have it shown up there so you're not like, well, Billy got promoted. 
but that's just because Billy's last name is synonymous with the owner or Mm -hmm. Kimmy got it promoted. Like, I don't know why, like I'm working my ass off over here. I'm busting it and I'm not, nothing's happening. I'm not even getting knowledge anymore. Like, I I don't know what to do. Like the owner, does owner even care about fixed ops over here? I haven't seen the owner in like 12 years. So it's just all of these things. There's just so much to take away from this. I'm like trying, Literally, like I mean, ment- mental note, mental note, go back and watch this seven times so I personally can learn from all of this. So I just, I'm, I love loving this conversation probably more than the entire audience because I, I take so much away from this. So as you're going through all this, and I, I'm just thinking from our industry here is to be more receptive to this think, this thinking and this approach. How can, how can we be more receptive to it from not only our industries, but for the owners out there from the GMs out there, the other managers out there. Yeah. You can't carry dead people up a mountain to see a view. You just have to be, you know, the people that want to go, they go. You can't make people go. You don't need to make people go. That's a lot of work and they don't want to see the view anyway. So the people that want to go, you go with them. People that won't, don't want to go, you get what you can out of them, understanding that that's what you got. You're not, not everybody's a high achiever. Not everybody's average. And not everybody, you know, wants to be fit in, right? You, you, you just got to, you, you got to just understand what you got. And, and you got to realize that the word, your vision of what my potential is, is going to be your greatest nightmare, especially if I don't work hard. Because you think, but Boudreaux, you have so much potential, but I don't get off my ass. You can dream it all you want. You can see it all you want. But my lazy ass is not going to get me to my dreams. And it's not going to help you get to your dreams. And meanwhile, you're not even paying attention to the kid that'll do everything for you. But he just won't do it exceptional. But they'll do everything for you. And they'll do everything from a customer. But you don't see them because you're infatuated with the sorry-ass person who's causing the most problems who you see potential in. Oh, my goodness. That one hits home so much. It, that we that happens so often that it's for so many reasons. And I think anyone that's watching or listening to this, I'm, sh- I'm sure because I know it struck a chord with me that I'm, I'm going to put it on a limb, put out a limb right now that say that it's probably hitting home with a lot of different people right now. And I... I've, I'm in a lot of different dealerships and I see this and hear this so often. It's just like, oh, you know, Billy over here or, you know, Chrissy over here. They're just, they don't do anything, Brooke. They just sit on their ass all day. Why do they keep getting promoted? So to your point, is this exactly what you're saying? They're falling in love with this potential or they're kissing ass or whatever it may be that they just continue to, to climb that ladder. And the other person who continues to work their ass off and more is piled on them every single day and nothing, they don't get a raise. They don't get promoted. And it's just like, eventually that person is going to say, I've had enough. I'm out of here. I'm done with this. I'm going to go to some place where I'm respected and my talents are respected and I'm valued. So it's, that is a really big one. You you just, you you hit on there. Oh my gosh, Damon, this is, Oh, I'm loving this. I I can talk to you forever. The reason that people there's a lot of reasons why people are, don't work. And if they had no choice, you know, if their life depended on it, would they work? Well, you're damn right they would work, right? But they don't have a reason why. They don't have a clear, compelling reason 
why they should perform. They don't have something intrinsically in them that is making them go. It could be something that's intrinsically in them that is based on fear or past or limiting beliefs that's keeping them from going so that they don't reinforce what they've already known about themselves. I'm going to fail anyway. I always fail. I mean, I don't know why I'm going to work hard at this. I'm going to fail. I know they, they say and all this bullshit, but every time I try something, I fail. And, yeah. and that limiting belief, if you just see it as an excuse and you don't go to the reason for the excuse and prove to them why it's not necessary to hold on to the old story, which is part of the reason you have coaches is my, my job is to see those demons, right? From, and there's a lot of people who are in their 30s now who made rules for themselves in their 20s that no longer apply in their 30s, but they keep the rules in their 30s. And the, that's the reason for them not progressing to be a better 30-year-old, right? Especially in the feminine energy, there's a lot of changes that happens on your journey. You know, you, you go through through life and you get to 9 or 10, 11, and you have pre-menopause, I mean, pre, you know, pre, pre-menstrual. And then, then you go through that and your body changes and all this other shit happens. And you, you come out on the other end at 18 or 17 or 19 and your, your whole body shifts again. And then from 20 to, to 40, it's this, 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 all the, the 40 year old would never acknowledge the 20 year old ever existed. That dumb little bitch. Who was she? My God, nobody saw that. Thank God, please God. But, but that's all part of your growth. And then 40 happens, 45 happens, and the next thing your body says, hey, we got to start over. And you start this thing called pause, amen, or menopause, right? Same difference, right? And the next thing you know, your body turns inside out again, and you flip out. Next thing you know, you come out another than that, and you're going, and why is my life difficult? <laughs> oh, yeah, pretty much. That sums it up pretty well, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's really like, what so- the hell? <laughs> truth y'all literally give rebirth to yourself three different times at birth at menstrual at menopause all the time you come out the other side of the cocoon a better and different human and and we all do that we just don't do it to the physical degrees that women do but men go through things like that that cause that and they hold on to things that happen when they're in their 20s and then when they're in their 40s they can't understand why they're afraid of money or they can't understand what, well, the reason you're afraid of money is because something happened when you're 23 or you saw your parents at 18 or 16 or 14. And so there's a lot of reasons we don't progress in life. And a lot of it is caused by blind spots that we're not capable of seeing. It takes a third party to go. And it could be a group of friends, right, to, 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 to help them, right? It's, it is so true. And, and, and when you talk with that coach or those friends also understand as much as possible, be open to it because it might pinch and it might hurt a little bit that they're telling you something that you do not want to hear. And if you're hearing something that you, you're not open to, it's because your coach didn't set it up right. Okay. Good point. Good That's point. a communication issue. A coach's job is to ask tough questions and make it a safe place to land. Right. That's true. Okay. And, Good point. And my job is to get permission. Look, people, 
advice not asked for will come across as criticism. Very true. Very, so, very true. Look, can I share something with you really fast? Of course. Yeah, that's what I do with my clients all the time. <laughs> and Ali will say, Ali will go, you always ask, of course you can. I'm like, God, I'm a different human because of you. I make millions of dollars a year because of you. You because of you. Come on. <laughs> Still the same thing. If his unconscious mind blocks what I'm about to say, yeah. he can't get to the next level. If I say, yeah. hey, is it okay if I bring something up? And he goes, yeah. Well, his unconscious mind just gave me permission to ask a question or to come up with a story or to make a statement that may not land easily. Yes. It's the coach's fault if the communication isn't going right. They're responsible yeah. for that relationship, right? Yeah. It is so true. And for those who are not aware, what we're saying is actually, if you don't know, it's very true. The minute the unco- your, your mind shuts down, whether you believe it or not, it shuts down. So there's, there's so much truth in what we are saying right now. If you block that, it, it doesn't matter what we're saying, you're not going to receive it and you're going to block it anyways. So the, what Damien is saying is that he can, he can help all he wants to get you to those hundred cars. But if what he's trying to, you're blocking yourself and you're just saying, I'm, I'm not ready for it. And he asks you, he's trying to as best as possible to get you to, to let, to allow and to provide that insanely valuable insight to get you to that next level. And that is why it is so important to, to approach that next question, to get you to that next level. And that is also, and you and Ali's, Ali's relationship is, that's a, that's a, it's, it's such a beautiful thing, by the way. Like I, I love watching you two interact and seeing you guys online and, it's just, it's a, yeah, it's talk about a success story in itself right there. Holy shnikes. That's a whole, yeah. that's an episode in itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there any, any other takeaway, like one takeaway or anything else you want to share with the audience? Just be yourself. Just get good at being you. Just learn this business. It's a great business, right? That it is. That it is. Well, it is now the official time. We have had an awesome conversation. We're now at that point of the awesome, wait for it, wait for it, lightning round with Damien. And right below here, everyone, you can see Damien's personalized link. But for those that are listening, how can they get in touch with you, Damien? How can they find you? Well, I'm on Facebook and I'm on LinkedIn, and I'm on a lot of other things, but I don't know how those work. <laughs> I okay. have Star, whose job it is to take care of everything. <laughs> and Star did a phenomenal job. Literally, Jeez. everyone, click the link below here, uh, and you're going to see a QR code pop up here and wonderful post-production. And there's going to be about, I don't know, I think there was like 10 links that Star provided. So there's a lot of ways. Oh, to really? Find it. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I have a lot she of did a phenomenal job. We've got don't email, we got links. WhatsApp. We've got your website. You know, know, reach out to me, Damien Boudreau at Hotmail. I'm not bad there either. Oh, we have everything. I I mean, I'm got a lot of links. She did a phenomenal job. Oh, I love it. All right, Damien. So you are every time we talk, you are just a wealth of knowledge. So I want to start with what is your favorite quote? Got it. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, I stumped you on this one. Oh no. Day to day. My favorite quotes are the one I wrote there up there recently where I'm kind of my new life things. They're not really quotes. They're just my quotes. Right? Okay, well, we'll go with it. We'll go with God, it. God has it. 
Love trust. It. Trust. Just okay. surrender, accept, trust. Let okay. him have it. Don't be okay. in charge of anything. Let let God have it, right? Okay. The second one is about my being, right? And who I'm supposed to show up as. And I'm supposed to show up as light and love and joy and peace and acceptance. So that is my next focus, okay. right? Okay. And my last one is to be the reflection of people's best self so they can feel who they are and believe in a mystical journey. So my job is just to be a reflection. I love it. Because I see you and I feel you at your absolute magnificence. And my job is just to allow you to see a reflection of that in yourself off of me. And that's how I, that's my, that's my vision, right? That's my, that's my, my, my mission is to influence, educate and inspire people just to love and believe in themselves so they can build a life of their dreams in whatever they do. And everything I do revolves around that simple mentality. Every book that's been in the book, right? Every thing that's been for years, that's been my mission. And that's inside, right? It has everything to do with my aura, my colors, and my spirit. Right? And now you all know why I asked him this question. <laughs> because this is the most, like, incredible, incredible words. Like I said, this is, as I go through these questions. Somebody else's quote. <laughs> <laughs> but though, like this is, as I tailored, you know, as I started making these questions and put started putting the show notes together, I was like, man, I just... I wanted to make sure that the, you know, as I put these, you know, lightning round questions together, I was like, hey, I want to take this a little bit different angle just because of who you are. And I, I wanted to make sure that, I don't know, I, there's, I wanted to take a little bit different way for you just because of who you are. So, so let's go with, do you have a favorite car? I drive, I drive a 2008 Lincoln Town car. Nice. Okay. And, and it's got 130,000 miles. And when this one gets to 250, I will get another Lincoln Town car. I have no favorite car. I'm not a car person at all. I could care less. I like that car because it's like riding in a bucket of Novocaine. And I go, it is not something I look sexy in or anything. I just know it's perfect. It's just a great car, right? I could put four children in the trunk, right? I mean, it's it fits everything, right? All right. I know that you travel a lot. So do you have a favorite destination or favorite vacation spot? I love Asia. I love Singapore. I love Koh Samui. Vietnam is incredible. I would like to go to Greenland. That's on the list. My my culture is from Nova Scotia, Canada. Uh, at some point, I like, I'd like to go there. That's oh, gorgeous. Yeah, I love Asia myself, man. I I think I don't know if I told you, I, I live in Japan for a year. So I, yeah, I love Asia. Nova Scotia is gorgeous. So good, good choices there. Good choices. Well, Damien, thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure having you on the show. And just thank you for one, for you and your awesomeness. And then just for your wealth of knowledge and everything that you're doing for the industry. And just once again, for you. And as always, everyone, find a way to serve today. Find a way to help your neighbor your coworker, whether that is opening a door for someone, whether that is a kind smile, just find a way to serve today. With that, everyone, we will see everybody next week. You've been listening to Facts Not Feelings with Brooke Furness. Thank you for taking the time to listen. 
If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating. If you know a friend or a colleague will benefit from today's episode, share it with them. Until next week, find a way to serve someone. Find a way to help your neighbor. Remember, we are all in this together.